in this installment of Unpacked. It was all blurry, blurry, super mm. blurry, not just blurry, but super blurry. He said, this is really bad. Like, I'm on advanced glaucoma stage and I'm not going to be able to complete my preliminary exams, um, even write my final exam. Because now I, I literally can't do anything without having someone else's assistance. Mm. Diagnosed with glaucoma and slowly losing one's eyesight, today's guest is here to share her story. Let's unpack. Ndombi Kumalo was a matriculant when she became totally blind for a day. She was then taken to hospital and diagnosed with glaucoma, an eye condition that deteriorates the vision and leads to blindness. This has changed every aspect of her life as she has to adapt and navigate through a new normal. This is Ndombi's story. Let's unpack. Ndombi, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, Rila Bakhila, for having me. So take me back to what your childhood, childhood was like. Did you ever have any eye issues, eyesight problems? No, um, I've never had any eyesight issues growing up because I remember even in primary school, they used to test us mm -hmm. normally like... Um, after six months or so, they would um, actually do an eye test. I've never had, like I could see far, could see closer mm. on my left, right. I've never had any problems until 2007. So what happened in 2007? Okay, 2007, I was doing my matric, um, 17. I couldn't see when I was writing my maths preliminary exam and that... Uh, I was supposed to actually sign on a document where the register actually, uh, the invigilator came to me to actually sign that um, register and I couldn't. I couldn't see like from the start of the day, but I was able to go to school on the day. But when I got to school, I couldn't see it was blank, like blurry. And when the invigilator got to me to actually, um, that I had to sign the register, I couldn't, and I just cried. Um, I couldn't, mm. you know, hold back the tears. So in the morning, what were you experiencing? It was okay. Like, honestly, when I tried to think back, it was okay. I've never, like, felt or seen any changes in my mm. eyes. Maybe perhaps if I would see what... Blurriness, never. Like, it only happened when I was at school, when, like, I was supposed to start writing my exam. And and it just happened in an instant? It just happened in an instant. I couldn't see at all. Like So was it just black? It was... Or blurry? Blurry, super mm. blurry. Not just blurry, but super blurry. Mm. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't see anything. Like, mm. the pen, the paper, or the person who was standing in front of me, I could only recognize people by their voices. Mm. So obviously you got a fright and um, you, like you say, you started crying because you were freaking out about what was going on. So what did they do next or what did you do next? Um, my teacher, my invigilator, who was my geography teacher, uh, took me to the office and they kept me there for like a couple of hours until I was, uh, my parents came to fetch me. I went home and 
When I went home, I had to wait for my dad to come back from work. Mm. Then that's when um, my parents decided that the following day I had to go and see an eye specialist. Mm. Uh, so they didn't go GP first, they went straight for an eye specialist? Um, GP, oh no, we went to a, um, an optometrist first. Yes. Because uh, my eyes had like so much fluid. Like, yes. Um, so we went to an, um, an optometrist first, which... Uh, Dr. Ma Tabata, uh, she said, no, she can't do anything to me because Dr. Ma Tabata was like our um, family optometrist yes. um, suggested by the medical aid. She said, no, she can't do anything because this is just an extreme case. I have to go and see an eye, spe eye specialist. Mm. And I had to go see a GP at that time first because <clears throat> he had to write a letter going to the hospital. I went to a private hospital, Kastenhof Hospital, and I was diagnosed immediately by Dr. Pillay. He said, this is really bad. Like, I'm on advanced glaucoma stage. So was, was he looking in your eyes with something that he was able yes, to diagnose? Yes. Uh, you actually go through scanners with your eyes. Like, mm. um, you go through the scanner with your eyes and then a doctor can be able to see, like, right through your eyes yes. what's going on. So he said that... My eyes are extremely bad and I'm not going to be able to complete my preliminary exams, um, even write my final exam. So at that time... Just so I get an understanding, mm -hmm. he said to you at that time, this is advanced glaucoma. Yes. What did he explain glaucoma is? Um, he said glaucoma is an eye condition that actually causes blindness. Mm. Um, the optic nerve, mm. it, it, it gets damaged. Um, it cannot take in any information from the eye to the brain. Mm. So your eyes can look like they can see, mm. but they cannot, the, the nerve cannot process anything to the brain. Mm. Mm. So um, my eyes, he said, I'm over 40, the pressure of the eyes. So it was like um, 48, 49, mm -hmm. which is extremely <clears throat> bad. Mm. Mm. So um, and, and how come in your case... It came suddenly. How come it wasn't this gradual thing? I don't know. That's why, because um, other specialists say glaucoma is a silent stealer. It sells mm. your vision like slowly. You're not even away mm. until one time where you can't see properly. So um, that time, uh, Dr. Pillay said, I won't be able to write any exams. I have to go through an operation immediately. Mm. And I'm 17 at that time. Like, operation eyes. Eyes are irreplaceable. So I was like, nah. Don't think I'm ready for that. You know, if anything mm. could go wrong with the eyes, they we cannot get them back. Mm. So can I just wait and see? And my parents were also supporting that decision that I cannot just jump into an operation before we actually process what's going on. And what did he say the operation does for your eyes? It it it, it the operation was only gonna what? Uh, manage the glaucoma and try to reduce the... Because glaucoma is also the pressure in the eyes. So the aqueous humor that gives shape to the eyes, it was too much. Mm. It makes the blind spot more active than the yellow spot. Mm. So um, they want What does that mean for a person that can see? Blind spot and yellow spot, what is um, that? A yellow spot is... Because I've also learned this when I was um, studying biology. A uh, yellow spot, it's like your sighted spot, which is, should be more active than the blind spot. Mm. So in my case, the pressure was making the blind spot to be more active than the yellow spot. Blind spot being the, your periphery? Yes. Like okay. I was not going to be able to see if, if this was, if 
he said if they cannot uh, try to reduce or maintain the pressure, then in the next couple of months, I'd lose my sight completely. Mm. So you opted then to wait a little bit? I waited a little bit, but um, he prescribed uh, eye drops, which um, I had to take like daily eye drops and daily um, antibiotics. Mm. Um, yeah, it was two eye drops and antibiotics, which were like crazy. Like I felt like I was walking medic medicine at that time. Mm. Mm. So um, I was able to go back to school and rewrite like um, couple what a couple of weeks af after that. I completed the, um, the preliminary exams and I was like, there's no way I'm not going to write my exams. Mm. Like, there's no way. Um, and remember at that time, we were the last group of the old syllabus. Mm. So having to face this, having to be told this, that at some point in your life, you're going to go blind, you need to do an operation instantly. It was just too much. Mm. It mm. was just too much, overwhelming. I'm... I'm already stressed about the exams, mm. about being in matric, and then now all of this is happening. It was just too much at once to, for me to bear at that time, and I was only 17. Mm. So, uh, so how did you process, because you're saying you went back to school after a couple of weeks. The eye drops could only, um, what, maintain the last vision that I had, which was advanced glaucoma, um, they couldn't reverse anything. So your vision from that date went blurry, stayed blurry. Blurry stage. Um, but at that time, I was able to read, like, the black and white document. But um, looking at other things, like objects, it was blurry. Mm. Um, I couldn't see properly. Let me just put it that way. I couldn't mm. see properly at all. But the main important thing to me was writing those exams, you know? It could glasses prescription glasses help the situation or not at all? Not at all. Glaucoma, when it comes to glasses, because I've tried it like a couple of times, uh, glasses can't help me with uh, glaucoma. Like, because glasses can only help you if you are short-sighted or far-sighted. Mm. If you're short-sighted, it brings um, things closer to you. If you're far-sighted, um, vice versa. But mm. with glaucoma, like, you can only see blurry things. So mm. there's nothing, like, I don't know, like, to all the... Optometrist I've been to, there's absolutely mm. nothing they can do. Even the specialist did say that there's nothing glasses can help you with. In the time you were at home before going to write your prelims, I mean, what were you doing in that time and where was your emotional and mental well-being? Uh, like, it was, it was bad. Like, I don't want to lie, but I had to... Like, I had to cover it up so that, you know, let life go on, even though it's really difficult. Like, I'm stressed over exams. I'm stressed to the fact that next year I'm supposed to go and start my life, but nothing seems that way. Mm -hmm. Like, everything just turned upside down for me. But, you know, I kept on being adamant, like, I'm going to write these exams. There's no way I'm not going to write them, regardless of whatever the doctors are saying about my situation even if I didn't pass, but the fact that I tried mm -hmm. was very important to me than for me to just um, not to try. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now you wrote your prelims. You managed to finish school. Was, um, while this period was going on, was your eyesight getting worse or the eye drops were, maining, uh, were managing to maintain? 
just managing to maintain the last vision because already at that time I was on advanced stage. Yes. So there was no way it could go back to like the second or the third stage. It was just on the last, last stage at that time. Mm. And the eye drops were just to, to manage. Like there was nothing they could mm. do, those eye drops. Um, then the following year, which I did pass my metric very well with an exemption, I, I don't know how that happened, mm. but you know, through the grace of God, it happened. And then the following year, um, I was so excited. I was mm. like, oh, my life is, I think it's going to go back to normal. Mm. But I had something big in front of me, which is eyes. Eyes are very, you know, until you have a problem with eyes, that's when mm. you realize that eyes are very important. Yes. Eyes mm. are very important because you literally can't do anything mm. without them. And if you go blind any day, that means you're going to need assistant every day. Mm -hmm. Going to do little things like shopping, ATM, you need somebody to help mm -hmm. you with. But 2008, I was so excited. I was like, oh, my life at least, I think I'm going to manage to go back to school and, yes. and you know, do my BA in psychology degree. But um, I had to undergo through multiple operations that year because the second eye specialist... Uh, said, there's no way you're going to last. If you don't do this operation now, mm. you might go blind sooner than anticipated. So you then decided to do the operation. Was this after your matric? Getting your after matric? my matric, 2008. Yeah. Yes. So you, uh, what was that process of the operation like for you? Okay, the first I, um, I went around February 2008 and it was intense. Mm. Yeah. Because apparently um, they had to open um, something like a tunnel where it drains uh, it drains this liquid um, aqueous humor into like the drainage. Yes, they had to open a drainage somewhere here. I don't know mm. where, but it was intense. It took over three, three four hours, if I'm mm. not mistaken. And I was 18 at that time. So they asked, oh, if you're under 18, you get to be, um, what, aesthetic? If I'm correct. Under general anesthetic, yes. like foster yes. sleep. Yes. So I went through that and when I woke up, it was painful. Mm. Like I could feel they've done something and I couldn't speak. Apparently, they opened a drainage so the throat was sore, one eye is closed because they can't do both eyes at the same time. Mm. So you're supposed to do one eye first and then the second eye, you're going to decide, oh, how quick do you recover from it? It was like intensely painful emotionally, physically. I was like, nah, I don't think I'm going to go back anytime soon. For the second eye. For the second eye. Yeah. That's why it took me over a year again to actually do another eye because the doctors would tell you that, you know what, if you don't do this now, then you might lose your vision. So <laughs> if you are pressured like that, you like you have to make a decision as quickly as possible because mm. you're only now thinking for your eyes. You're not going to think of what if, what if, you just, mm. let's do it. Mm. Let's do it now and we'll see after what happens. Was the doctor concerned that you waited a year? Were they pushing you to try and come back to do it sooner? Yeah, but I, I told him that I'm not ready. <laughs> like, mm. emotionally and physically, I'm not ready. Mm. The first one was painful, but funny enough, the second one was quicker than the first one because mm. apparently it was because the drainage was already opened. So yeah. they just had to... Um, just reduce the pressure, the mm. upper humor pressure on the other eye. And then um, 
It was quick. It was like less than two hours. Mm. But uh, when you're doing an operation with your eyes, uh, there's certain parts of your eyes that, that get damaged, mm. like your retina, apparently. So yes. they had to had to have an implant retina, like the black substance on my eyes. Mm. It's <laughs> I don't know whether I say it's not mine or mm. it's mm. it's plastic. Yes. Yeah, but it's definitely not mine. Not something which I was born with. So yeah. So after the second operation, did you start to notice a difference or did it just freeze time with where you are? It just freeze time with where I was. Uh, the difference, now, nah. Honestly, there was no difference. I think probably maybe 5 10% difference, mm. not much difference. But what I was happy about was that I was still able to go around independently at that time and mm. still be able to read my letters, mm. anything like black and white document I was able to read. So that was like one thing that kept me uh, content with mm. my condition because otherwise it was, because I've even tried to <laughs> do Elena's license mm. so I couldn't. They're like, you're going to be risking like your life and other people's mm. life. Your eyes are bad. Why, why was getting the learners so important to you? You know, you're young. You just want to do things other young people are doing, mm. getting your liners, um, completing your degree, but your eyes are like the stumbling block in your life. Mm. Like everywhere you go, your eyes. Because mm. I remember even, um, I think it was 2011, mm. I went for an interview to be a um, cabin crew for one of the airlines and I managed to pass all the, what, the other um, interviews, but the um, medical test, they're like your eyes. Mm. That's okay. Would you like a tissue? Just reach out in front of you. Just reach out in front of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. It's okay. Does it still feel emotionally heavy that it came so suddenly without warning in your life? Yeah. Um, I think because it has, what, stopped me from achieving a lot of things. Mm. Yeah. What would you say, you know, the loss of your eyesight, the glaucoma has taken away from you? my independence more than anything. Because mm -hmm. mm. yeah. now I, I literally can't do anything without having someone else's assistance. Mm. So, mm. so it just, oh, let me gather myself first. Please. Okay. Take your time. So um, it just, it took my independence more than anything. You know, um, you try to be strong, but mm. it always takes you back. Mm. Don't forget you have this. You want to apply for a job? Don't forget you have this. Mm. So it, and it's a constant reminder. And I always say, I think it was going to be easier if I was born like this. Yes. But now, if it's something that changed over the years, it, mm. it's just, mm. it's something else. And... Um, because every, like literally everything, let me not just say a few things, everything needs eyes. 
Like you mm. can't look at your phone without your eyes. That means you need to get a, an app that's going to assist you. Um, using your laptop, reading something, you always need a device to help you. Mm. And there's so many job opportunities that I've lost because of my eyes. Um, mm. I was working at the airport from when? 2013, if I'm not mistaken, and I had to resign in 2017 because of my eyes. Um, yeah. Like, what were you doing in the job? I was a document specialist mm. for passengers traveling out of South Africa. Mm -hmm. And at that time, your eyesight didn't affect you doing your job? Because my eyesight became worse 2016. Mm. I had an infection in one of the eyes that could see properly. Mm. Yeah, because both, like my left eye, couldn't, my right eye couldn't see like properly from, from way, from like 2007. Mm. Like after the operation, it just couldn't see better mm. than my left eye. So I had an infection to the 2016 mm. and it just made things worse because mm. it was on a Saturday when that happened and the doctors are closed. You got no way to go to until you have to wait because um, the specialist that, that I was seeing at that time was independent. So mm. he had a surgery and I had to wait until Monday mm. to actually go see him. And funny enough that my left eye has turned, like it just mm. turned mm. ways and 2016 and uh, from that day, I'm not able to read uh, the black and white documents. And yeah, it just became worse. Like, I was able to uh, to move around independently before that. But now I always have to have someone mm. like on my side. Not that I, I won't be able to if I try, but my for my sake. Mm. For my and sake, for your I, safety. Yeah. Because you can walk into things, you can get hurt. Absolutely. So um, since from then and then to... 2017, I could see, would see this is really difficult for me to handle at work. The computers we're using, they don't have um, assistance. The assistance. And at that time, I didn't even know about the assistance. You know, when you're transitioning between sighted and going to being legally blind or partially mm. sighted, it's really difficult because you don't know where exactly do you belong. Mm. Are you sighted or are you blind? Mm. So... Um, it was really difficult to, 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 to transition because I didn't know whether I should tell people that I'm partially sighted, I'm blind, or I'm sighted. Because there's things, some people would be like, but your eyes look fine. You look mm. like you can see. No, I can't see clearly. Yes, I can see, but I can't see properly. Mm. It doesn't mean that I'm completely blind, but it doesn't mean that I can still see. Mm. So, and having to explain to each and every person you meet. Mm. Mm. Going shopping at, by the counters, you need to sign. You need to explain to that person, I'm partially sighted, I cannot sign this. Or, because um, I remember last year, I got this assistance device from the Low Vision Center, which, um, it's a signature card. Mm. That's when I was like, I didn't know there was this. Mm. You know? So as you as it progresses, you are learning bit by bit as you go along. Uh, yes. yes. I was learning bit by bit and information was not given to me from my previous eye specialist. It was only when, 2020, mm. um, I actually, I was at the mall then. I had a cataract, like my, my left eye became blue. Mm. So you imagine, like, you, Things are happening, like with your eyes, from you're stressed about 
not seeing properly, then you have a cataract, then you have to do another operation. Mm. So I was like, I changed my previous eye specialist and this guy actually um, suggested for me to see another eye specialist because he was like, um, this doctor Ron Fontaine who helped my younger brother. So I think he can also help you. She can also help you, Dr. Raman. So I called her and then they made an appointment for me to go to come and see her last year, Jan, which I did. And she scanned my eyes, checked and everything. And then she was like, I have a cataract and it has to be removed immediately. Mm. Another operation. Mm. Like. So between discovering you have advanced glaucoma to now, how many operations have you had on your eyes? I've had three operations. Mm. And um, the last year, the operation which I had last year, the doctor said um, it was, uh, they have to remove the cataract, otherwise I was not going to be, because already I couldn't see properly. Like, mm. I don't know if how can I explain it to you guys. Because... Um, uh, the thing is, once you say to people you can't see properly, people think you can't see far, you can only see closer, or you can't see closer, you can only see far, but it's blurry. Like, if people would understand, it's blurry. And so in my mind, what I imagine you're describing is, it's almost like if if there is glass in front of you, but it's it's those shower glasses, the ones that make it blurry so you can't see a person's naked body. You see shapes and colors, but you can't actually yes. see anything. Yes. Does that describe it correctly? It does, correctly. So you can't see parts. You can see brown blending into maybe the yeah. wall, but you can't actually pinpoint what this is. What this is until I get close to it. Yes. Then that's when I'll be like, oh, this is a table or this yes. is a toilet paper. And even colors help me a lot to identify things because I know, oh, this is white. So it's different from the brown floor because mm. if the floor is the same color i wouldn't see even if it's the if i'm approaching stairs or what you can't tell no i can't tell so yes. when i met up with the doctor last day and i had to go through an, an operation uh in february again um they removed the cataract on my left eye and they tried to reduce again the pressure because pressure keeps on increasing even mm. though from 2016 again I had to be on drops again full time. Full time like drops every day, mm. at nights, during the day. Um, and then she was like, you still have a bit of sight. So I suggest that you go and see the low vision center. They're going to help you with devices. Um, that can help you, even though they're not going to be that much, but they can still help you with certain things. So I went to the low vision center and I got um, a reading magnifier, which changes color. Like it looks like a, a phone, a cell phone, mm. but it's a reading magnifier. I'm able to read, if I, if I have to read that letter, mm. then I try to use that. But if I don't have to, I don't want to stress my eyes mm. or, or anything like that. And then the doctors were like, you can you go around independently? I was like, nah, I, it's difficult. So they said I needed to go for what? For mobility orientation mm. at the South African Guide Dogs Association, mm. which they came to my home and they assisted me because when it comes to color blending for somebody who's partially sighted, it's very important. And how the house is built 
It's mm. also important because if I would have, if my home was like plain colors, it was going to be difficult for me to identify, to move around. And yes. also, they spoke to the people I stayed with, the Woody. They need to help me when it comes to not keep things lying around. Mm. Not keep things lying around at all times because I might trip and fall into those things. And I can only, because the doctor said I have a narrow vision. Like mm. I can only focus on you, not on the side mm. things. Mm. So if I'm walking and there's things on the side or there's, or whatsoever, I'm not going to be able to pay attention to those things. Mm. Mm. And yeah, it was... It helped, the mobility orientation. Even though I was introduced to something I was really scared of, like the past years, at some point I would have to go through this, which is the blind cane, the white mm -hmm. cane, actually. Um, white cane, it's like, uh, yeah, I'm blind then now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if I have that... Um, then I was given it, and they told me, this is how I'm going to use it, and... Yeah, I have it. Like, I carry it all everywhere I go, even though sometimes I don't use it because I'm full-time with someone. Mm. Like, if it's not my younger sister, it's some of my family members, my mom, my younger, my older sister, or my boyfriend. Mm. Yeah. In terms of your mobility orientation, just so I understand, um, what are some of the things that they tell you? Is it things like, try to keep things in the same place so you can go and get them yourself. Yeah. Yes. It's very important to be organized. Know that certain things are packed here, certain things are, are here. Because remembering things, it's very important for a blind or a partially sighted person because you don't want to be looking for something that you can't even see. Yes. So if you know exactly where you've kept some of the things, you know where to find them. And you're not going to be bothering other people, asking them, where can I find this? But that's why my bedroom, like nobody goes into it until <laughs> I allow people to go into it because I keep my things in order. I know that my clothes are here, my devices are here, and I don't want people to move things around so mm -hmm. that when I, like, when I go to my bedroom, I'm, I'm going to look for certain things that I know I've left them in this place, mm. but someone has moved it. So it becomes really frustrating and... Depressing, mm. <laughs> if I can put it that way, to to know that someone took it out of like this place, someone moved it for you, mm. and they don't understand the frustration of looking for something that's in front of you. Oh, mm. yeah. Um, would you consider getting a guide dog? I'm afraid of dogs. I was <laughs> that doesn't help your situation. That's heavy. That's very heavy. Yeah. But I'm afraid of dogs, and and sometimes you know, good team. Going to malls, you, you observe things. Have I ever seen a person with a guide dog in, in one of the malls that I've been to? Mm. And which is hardly ever. Mm. And, and you ask yourself, if I would bring a guide dog here, how would, what, the security officers, the cashiers, mm. how would they treat you? Would mm. they say, Guti, go in with your guide dog or dogs are not allowed? Because there are shops actually who say that. Shops that say that you know dogs are allowed. As far as I understand, where they say dogs are not allowed, it's always with the exception of guide dogs. I stand to be corrected, but it wouldn't make sense to me if a person that doesn't have sight and their guide is there, 
mm-hmm. for somebody to say your dog's not allowed in. Like, how must the person move? So it doesn't make sense. So um, I do hope you're able to find out. But the part of you being afraid of dogs, <laughs> like, that's going to be a challenge. Definitely going to be a challenge. Yeah, but I, I don't know. The thing is, growing up, really, I've always been afraid of mm. dogs. So mm. I don't know, trying out a dog at my age. <laughs> mm, mm. I hear you. Yeah. In terms of, you know, you mentioned that you always have assistance. Mm-hmm. You always have a sister or somebody with you. Yeah. How have you made those arrangements within your family that somebody's always with you? Because people would have jobs or school or whatever else. Uh, the thing is, I... Okay, I have a younger sister. She's always with me uh, because um, she was starting last year and she's not currently doing anything at the moment. But I would always arrange around the three, like the four people in my life, which is my mom, my older sister, my younger sister, and my partner. To Wuti, every time they have to be, there has to be someone. Like if I have an appointment, I have mm. to make an arrangement that one of them is with me at that time. Mm. Um, I have to schedule my life like going out based on the fact that someone has to be there. Mm, I understand. Um, You mentioned that you have a boyfriend, a partner. Mm -hmm. How has dating been while uh, you are navigating your life? That's why for me, from like, I started dating after high school. So it it has always been important for me with he, I find somebody who understands me, Mm. who understands my condition most importantly, because... That's going to constantly remind me that I'm partially sighted and mm. somebody who's not going to understand the fake Tuguti. Every time if we're going to a mall, this person, I have to hold their hand all the time. Mm. So if it becomes a problem for that person, then... It's not going to work. Nah, it's not going to work. Because mm. imagine, this is a lifetime thing. This is a lifestyle. It's not something I can change in a day mm. or wake up tomorrow and be like, oh, I can see now, so I don't need... Assistant. So if a person is not fully present, then uh, mm. it's not going to work. <laughs> Did you find your other senses got sharper as your eyesight has deteriorated? Very sharper. Like mm. my hearing, <laughs> that's why I can be able to identify people's voices without mm. actually looking at looking at them talking or watching. Maybe if I'm watching TV, I don't need to watch it like I can you can listen hear, yes yeah. I can listen to it um tasting smell the sense of smell um like all my senses even touching because once you I don't know it just happens automatically you mm. don't it just happens because even with your hands you identify things with your hands mm. like you can't look into a dark box or something you need to put in your hand to actually see what's inside of the mm. so with all my senses have become became sharper now and they've helped quite a lot, like in terms of navigating as a partially sighted person, because that's where you rely mostly on. Because if your eyes are not working properly, then you need your ears, you need your nose, you need your hands to identify everything. Um, your your eyesight, you know, you were diagnosed in 2007. And your eyesight has slowly but gradually deteriorated. Yeah. Did the doctors predict that you were going to go blind further back in time, but you actually exceeded their expectations? I've exceeded the expectation. And, and also, they told me like from day one that I will be blind one day, but they did not 
actually give me a time frame, whether it be five years, 10 years, or but they're like, you're gonna be, you're gonna go blind at some point in your life. So it's something that I'm always expecting, <laughs> like mm. daily routine. I might wake up being completely blind or what? Mm. I don't, yeah, it's just one of those things that you constantly reminded of. Like you need to work your life around that. Like you need to understand, okay, if, if it happens tomorrow, I can't see, then am I going to be able to do one, two, three? Am I going to be able to, like, am I going to be able to cook? Am I going to be able to wash dishes? Am I going to be, you know, those little things, you need to work around them to understand, okay, fine, I think now I have accepted my condition and mm. I'm, I'm, what, learning or moving towards um, knowing exactly like where mm. where do I fall? I'm a partially sighted person, legally blind. I don't need to behave like uh, or yeah, I don't need to behave like a sighted person in front mm. of people. So people need to know that I'm partially sighted. Don't expect me to do one, two, three. Don't expect me to behave in this way. Mm. Yeah. How are you preparing yourself for the eventuality that your sight is completely gone? I think learning more about being blind and associating myself with completely blind people because I've only met <laughs> blind people last year. Mm. I've never like had any friends. I think I was afraid more than anything like mm. to open up that chapter of my life mm. and I hadn't accepted at that time when would see this is my condition. You know, you know when you I was in denial mm. like and I kept on pretending like I'm sighted and which I wasn't. And that's what has, that's why I've lost a lot of time in, in actually accepting my condition and moving forward and doing things like a blind person. Because I kept on being denied, you know, probably one day, you know, grace or mercy is going to happen in my life. God will change my condition. But what I've learned was that God is not going to change my eyes. He's just going to change my way of thinking. Mm. Like now I need to accept and move on and live my positive life, you know, mm. and not always be why me, why, you know, sulking mm. and all of that. And, and accepting, you know, it's very important to accept more than anything because mm. once you do not accept your condition, it becomes really difficult to do anything. You can't even try new things. You mm. can't even want to live like a blind person. I've always wanted to live like a sighted person because mm. I was born like that. Mm. I felt to would see this is who I am. You know, mm. I was just not not accepting mm. that this is my reality now. Um, would you like to, I mean, you've mentioned you have a lot of devices and digital assistants. Would you like to learn to read Braille? Ah, Braille. <laughs> I think it's a lot of blind people that I've encountered, like that I've been with from last year. They like Braille is really difficult. Try to JAWS, which is it's a computer software that reads um, reads our text mm. or NVDA. But Braille, they like because I'd say ninety percent of blind people don't know Jesus. Braille. Mm. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it's really it's expensive also to to learn and to have books that are printed in Braille mm. and letters that are printed in Braille, it's, it's just more complications. So mm. rather, if you're using a laptop and you know, would see there's a, 
a software that actually reads out all the text on the on your screen. Mm-hmm. So where to from here? Um, this year I've registered to go back to school and I'll be studying like a blind person, partially sighted, which I'll be completing my BA degree in psychology. Um, and also I've started my YouTube channel just to encourage or empower other people going through the same thing as I am, because I know there are some people who have the same condition that I have, mm. but they don't know exactly where to start, where mm. to go, how to do things if you are transitioning from being sighted to being blind. Mm. And accepting, understanding, Guti, this is life after all. You just have to understand and accept who you are and live your life as positively as you possibly can, because nothing will ever stop you from reaching your purpose in life mm. until you until you have to decide on your own that I'm, I'm taking my life or I'm taking charge of my life now. Because mm. once, once you relax and you're not doing anything with your life, you end up being feeling pity for yourself all the time. So mm. me going back to school is one of those things that I felt to Woody I needed to do. I need to bring back the purpose in my life. Mm regardless of whether I've got other things on the side that I'm doing. But going back to school was the main thing that I've always wanted for myself. Mm. Dombi, thank you so much for sharing your story. And I can completely sympathize with the difficulty that you've had to go through. Um, the fact that there's a psychological and an emotional element that we cannot even begin to imagine what that must be like for you. But I admire, you know, your courage to come and share your story, but for, for you to also find yourself at the place where you are to say, I'm accepting that this is my life and you want to make the most of it. And I think your story is very inspiring. Thank you so much for talking to us. Thank you very much for having me, Rilebukhile. <laughs> Hashtag unpacked with Rilebukhile. I think when I think to myself that somebody's telling you that your eyesight is going to go, as opposed to being born without it be, they can be so difficult because you actually have something to compare it to. But Ndombi is showing such courage and is being so inspiring with her story. And I hope you can feel that watching at home. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a good night. Next time on Unpacked. I met her in 2015. When she's angry, she loses respect for me. Sometimes she would block me. And then she went to visit the doctor only to find out that she's pregnant. Deep down, I was not happy. I didn't want to make a baby out of wedlock. The child doesn't have any of, our, of my features or my family features. for watching Unpacked with Rileb Mamoja. Make sure you subscribe to my channel where you can get to watch more episodes. But more importantly, you can be part of our online community. Comment down below, share with us who you'd like to see on the show, what story you'd like us to discuss. We love engaging with you. Keep it coming and don't forget to subscribe.